What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name's Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Oh, Graham, it's going great. Uh, pretty, pretty normal week. Nothing, nothing interesting go on, going on. Um, but you did just lie, Graham. You lied w- within the first what four seconds? You said alongside oh, yeah. me as always. I'm not sure. next to you, Graham. This is a uh, no. You're not. This is we're in rarefied territory, unprecedented territory. Kind of like how we are as a uh, as a world right now. Indeed. W- would you like to explain to the people that we're doing a digital recording, Graham? Right. We are attempting to do a recording with both of us in different places, uh, practicing social distancing in light of the COVID-19 outbreak that has uh, tanked the world economy, made everyone freak out. And um, yeah, it fucking sucks. But, you know, we're trying to be trying to be safe, but we still want to do the show and um, hopefully brighten your day a little bit with some bullshit and shenanigans and silliness. Our wacky ass hijinks, as we like to call it, and uh, and you know it's just the way things are right now. And uh, I don't know if I had the damn coronavirus, but my throat doesn't feel the best, so I don't want to. If I do have it, Adam's fucking superhuman over there and just uh, you know totally fine is able to go golfing <laughs> and enjoy his life <laughs> while uh, not practicing safe social. Distancing. I am practicing social but, distancing. You can. They, there's no one uh, out there that says you can't interact. With people, they say don't do big groups. Oh yeah, you, you can you can hang out with a certain. couple of people, uh, and I d- you, yeah. you can. So there's no law. So he, the the big question is, Graham, were you looking out for me, or are you just scared that I have coronavirus since I've been out in the world? Uh, both. Uh, give me a percent. Give me a percentage. But, what percentage but, is uh, you worried about giving it to me? I'd say 65 okay. to 70. That's pretty good. I Like I said, well, like I said, when we've talked about this before, I'm more concerned about if I am a carrier infecting someone else and them dying because I was an idiot and went out and did something more so than I am about getting it because I feel like I am decently healthy and uh, will probably be okay, even though apparently in Europe, 50% of the people who have gotten it are in our age bracket, but whatever who are also in the ICU. Um, but I'm not going to focus on that. But yeah, that, that's, that's sort of where right. I stand. I'm more concerned about me being a, you know, spreading it if I do have it than, than getting it. Although that certainly does weigh in my head. But like I said. Uh, what percentage of time over the last five days have you thought about coronavirus? I'd probably say 90% <laughs> of the time. Hey, what, well, what percentage of... Well, it's affected my life, right? I don't, I can't go to work anymore. I still work, thank God. You know, I'm very lucky. So is there no one job. at your, no one's at your um, office? Some people have gone in to do, um, we're, we're moving out of our office at the end of the month, so some people have gone in to clean out their shit and things like that, but no one's, we've, we've been put on mandatory don't come in the office kind of thing for work um, since the weekend. Although I already started working from home on Thursday once everything went apeshit. Once they canceled March Madness, I was like, okay. And all the conference tournaments and college basketball, I was like, this is uh, – and the NBA season. But it was really March Madness. I was like, all right, this is fucking real now. Not that it wasn't before, but it really contextualized it in a way that my dumbass yeah. can understand. Yeah, no, that uh, 
that was pretty crazy. I never, I, I thought that they would do the whole play, but uh, with no fans in there. But then that just got too complicated. Like I, it had to be done. But uh, it's pretty crazy. Like this should be what the greatest week of basketball ever right now. Is this or, or would this be Sweet yep. Sixteen week? No, this would be this would be the first round of the tournament. Selection Sunday was supposed to be yeah. last Sunday, and the first round of the tournament should be happening now. And the and the first the playing game should be happening right now. It should be happening in, in Dayton and whenever wherever else they play that. Night. I mean, I, the playing game should be happening. Tournament play, tournament play should kick off tomorrow. Normally, I'd be scrambling to get a uh, my fortieth bracket right. done. It's a good test for us to see what uh, you know if we can enrich our lives without sports, Graham. Um, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it's wild to think about. The entire sporting world is 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 done right now. No no March Madness, MLB season is delayed. NBA season is suspended. MLS season is suspended. And even though that pales in comparison to all the horrible things that are happening in the world, people you know literally dying, being sick, um, the economy crashing, and and people's livelihoods being taken away from them. Some so many people are getting laid off. From their jobs, particularly in the service industry, as restaurants start closing down, people, you know, California, parts of California have instigated these, these, you know, I can't remember, social closure, closures or whatever the hell they're calling it, where it's basically like everything's on lockdown. I mean, it's just, it's insanity. So, so canceling some sports or suspending some sports is, is, is nothing compared to the actual effects of what's happening in the world. But, you know, for us, because that's the show we do. You know, we have to at least at least touch on on this stuff and how it affects what what we try to provide to our uh, little. Well, it's not just us. I mean, think about the the athletes involved in all this. Not not even on the professional level, but like the high school kids. Like their senior year of baseball was coming up. They're trying to get a scholarship at a D one school, and now they can't play. I mean, it's it sucks for us just because you know what the hell else do we do with our lives besides watch sports. But uh, I mean, for those kids, that's that's who it's really really rough on. Um, yeah, it's awful. You know, professional athletes certainly have an opportunity once this subsides, whenever that is, to to return. But yeah, uh, a lot of high school students, you know, their futures could be in jeopardy in terms of if they want to actually play sports, and they're not like some superstar like a LeBron type, but maybe they're you know scrappy enough to get a scholarship or a walk on opportunity. Who knows if they'll when they'll be able to do that? Um, you know, for the people that aren't good enough and they love the game. They'll never be able to play in a in an organized way at that level again. Same thing with college kids. You know, wrestling tournaments getting shut down. The NCAA women's basketball tournaments done. You know, every any sport has just been eradicated. You know what? You know what I watched. So I was one of these people that uh, social media is uh, killing right now. Who I went to Knoxville this past weekend. We had the we had this oh, trip man. scheduled. My brother. Uh, no, it wasn't with my brother. It was with uh, Hugo, one of our greatest users uh, who lives in San Diego. He caught, like, one of the last flights out of San Diego. The w- Adam, you don't have That's a right. Yeah, not my brother. brother. Sorry, Hugo. Hugo's been wanting to meet up with me forever. So um, Hugo was flying to Knoxville. I was like, Hugo, I'm going to drive up there and see you. Haven't seen you in over a year, Hugo. I'm doing it. Um, so we had a nice little time in Knoxville. Coronavirus had a – people didn't seem too concerned. It was kind of eerie – Sometimes it was definitely a lot quieter than it would be. Restaurants were just saying like normally they'd be packed and there's no one there, things like that. But um, you know, we 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 kept talking about how we should be watching the ACC tournament right now, or 
you know, the finals of the SEC tournament or whatever. But I saw some, I just need that fix, Graham. You know what I'm saying? So I, I saw, uh, it was MMA fighting was on, um, women's MMA. And like, I mean, we just sat there mesmerized for like 10 minutes watching these two women just choke <laughs> the shit out of each other. It was amazing to watch. So I'm looking, that, that's what I'm on the lookout now for is like whatever. And I mean, MMA is mainstream, but not like, you know, not like NBA, MLB or whatever. So I'm looking for that. You know, if darts is still playing, great. I will sit down and watch darts. If it's pool, because it's two, just two players, you can have two people in a place and one cameraman. Pool could actually probably be the safest sport you can play because you could literally be more than six feet or more away from the other yeah. player. And the other player has to go, you know, you're touching the surface of the table a lot, but you what, can wear What about like aquatic sports? Do, could Corona survive in water? Don't know. I know it can survive on a lot of other surfaces. I don't know about Maybe water. some water polo. I imagine you could, but people open their mouths spitting everywhere. Probably not. Probably not a good idea. I think your but best bets are probably... Di- diving with chlorine. Pool. Chlorine in the water. No one's in the pool at the same time. You dive, you get out. That's yeah, possible. I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. It probably isn't a good idea, but, you know... I think the only hope you have is is pool, darts, or uh, watching old Braves games from the '90s or something like that. I think those are your, going to be your three options, and I think only one is realistic. I'm holding a little hope for NASCAR. Um, maybe they'll because you're in a car by yourself. Ah, oh, you got the pit crew though. So yeah, yeah. we'll we'll stick. Yeah, old games. I don't know, man. I. I'm not going to go as far as to being one, like watching people play video games. I'm, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. As a, someone who does play video games, current video games, I wasn't playing anything unless it was made in uh, 2004 or prior. Uh, I, I can't handle watching people play, play games that I don't know that I have no vested interest in. It's just boring as shit to me. So yeah, I'm not watching the esports. Stuff. I think, I think there, but it opens so many opportunities for us like, what if we live streamed a competitive game of Can Jam in the backyard? People would watch yeah. that. Or an ice game. I, if they get desperate enough, give this a couple more months. Um, once we've already missed two two months of baseball, I would watch some guys play, yeah, play Can Jam. You start to think about it too from a from a sports standpoint. Like, when does baseball start? does the NBA season return at, at some juncture? You know, we were on the, on the cusp of the playoffs. Hell, I was supposed to go to the hockey <laughs> game on Saturday. Uh, Hugo wanted me to point out that you uh, jinxed the entire NBA season. Oh, S- Jesus. St- yeah, it was me. Strictly was by me. discussing the fact that you were going to the Hawks game on Saturday and didn't knock on wood. So, you, I mean, you, I, you... I've been saying I'm going to Hawks games for 20 years. I mean, what I, do you I, I think... I think you you do have, I, I think, at least 15% of the blame here, Graham. Jesus. Not that crazy bastard who ate the bat soup in, in China. Or, yeah, it has nothing or, to do with the way they store their food in China or the rats dripping on the birds or whatever went down. It's all... You. Or, or the, yeah, or, or the, you know, poor response by our, our current administration to everything. It's me. It's yeah. all me. 100% your fault. Okay. Well, I'll, 15% I'll your that. fault. 
Um, yeah, but anyways, um, it has been strange. I was listening to like the Braves report today on 680. I just got really sad. And uh, just thinking about the logistics of it is interesting to see what they're going to do. Like they just finished up spring training. Um, so now basically all that's wasted. Like pitchers were getting to the point where they're up to like throwing like Kyle Wright through like five innings last Thursday. Um, now do they just pre- like, what do they do with their training regimen, Graham? Uh, I mean, they, they can train indoors and, you know, luckily for the players at least, uh, you know, they have enough money where they can go out and get a test and like the commoner for the most part. So they can see if they're, you know, infected or not and try to train in their own indoor facilities privately, I suppose. But the, the problem with all this is, is that we're so behind the eight ball on, on responding to this as a, as a country that, you know, even if it clears up in the next couple months, I'd say that's optimistic or gets to a point where it can be controlled. Um, from a baseball standpoint, it's like, you're exactly right. You know, is there something where people have to ramp up again where there's, you know, summer training and then the season doesn't start till August or the season is abbrevi- abbreviated in some way? I mean, you might be talking about a scenario where you don't have a season this year in Major League Baseball, depending on how things shake out in the real world. Well, they're, they're talking about some of the things, speculation I've heard so far. Um, and, and keep in mind, sports radio people have nothing to talk about. So they all they can do is speculate. Um, but they talked about, I guess, one of the strike-shortened seasons. They started the season with the All-Star game, which would be a, the most exciting All-Star game ever if – we went that route. So you start there and talk about extending the season through like December and then playoff games are played at neutral site, warm locations. Which, so, you know, but like, so yeah, so like Arizona would be hosting, but they'd be hosting the AL. Um, the Braves would be playing the Phillies in Anaheim, something like that. Or Tampa Bay or something, something crazy. I would go to yeah. Tampa Bay, watch a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, we haven't been in that stadium. In a yeah, while. Graham and I, uh, you know, we played a big game of baseball there. What was that? Two thousand eleven or so? I mean, two thousand one. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, it wasn't two thousand eleven. Yeah, two thousand one or two. That was fun. I came in like second or third place in a like throw to the home plate challenge from the outfield or something. It was cool playing on a major league yeah. field like that. A lot of fun. Not that any, that's actually where I won my, I won my current baseball glove. I use now from, from placing in that contest. That is the most exciting sports news I've heard in a while, Graham. It's damn, yeah, damn well better be with yeah. nothing going on. Well, we have actually a lot to talk about with the Falcons when we do start talking about Atlanta professional sports. I thought we, I thought we had made the that's transition the already. Yeah, I'm, I'm oh, done with coronavirus. We, every, every, no one, no one wants to listen to an Atlanta sports podcast about coronavirus. <laughs> what have you been doing for the last 15 minutes? Yeah, no, but that, that's why we transitioned into baseball, talking about that a little bit. Um, what I want to talk about, Graham, is the biggest tragedy in all of this. My boy, King Felix, was set mm. set to win a rotation song. spot. And now, yeah. Cole Hamels is probably going to be healthy. 
if and when we actually play baseball. So either King Felix or what Kyle Wright or Sean Newcomb, one of those guys are losing a spot. And that just sucks for them. I don't know what to think about it. You know, it's it's hard to it's hard to know how that whole thing's gonna. Yeah, because I mean, who knows where Cole Hamels is gonna be? You know, even if he gets throwing again, you know, he can still. I don't trust his health at this point. Yeah, he's not. I don't think he's gonna remain healthy throughout an entire season. Although he might have to worry about it because he might not have an entire season to be healthy during. But you're right in terms of the original diagnosis of, of thinking about okay, you got two rotation spots with Hamels down at least for a month or two. Now that is probably not so anymore. So who who knows how that shakes out? I imagine that if things get back to normal. And another thing too is is like with Felix Hernandez, you know, will he be able to pitch the same way in July or whenever the season starts that he did in February? You know, he's proven at least up until the point where things were suspended that he could, uh, you know, that he could he could pitch at a, a, a decent enough level to warrant consideration for a major league rotation. So. Yeah. Knows. Yeah. Baseball. I'll be curious to see what goes down with baseball because at some point they can't keep paying these guys if they're not going to be playing a season. You would think. Although I, I think I heard something like they don't start getting paid until the season starts, or something, according to the CBA. So I don't know. I don't know how all of that shakes out. I'm glad I'm not one of these guys that had to make a decision on calling like calling the NBA season. Like it, that was something unheard of. Like just a couple weeks ago, and now it's just. It was immediate too. It was like once Rudy Gobert, who's the first Rudy Gobert, kind of like started the entire, uh, you know, cancellation of things. I know South by Southwest got canceled. I think the week before that, but in terms of like the mass cancellation of everything, once Rudy Gobert tests positive for coronavirus, it was like NBA season immediately suspended that night. You know, all college basketball tournaments suspended the next day. Uh, then it was just everything that you know of that was coming up. Canceled. We didn't even discuss the biggest cancellation in all of this, Graham. Bigger than the MLB, bigger than the NBA, bigger than March Madness. Graham's bachelor party had to get canceled because of this. And it wasn't due to lack of hustle or someone getting alcohol poisoning or anything like that. Coronavirus got it, Graham. Yeah. Coronavirus can even even uh, can ruin anything. I think it's proven that. Like the the best thing now the the best thing about your bachelor party is now just the build up talking about it. We've been talking about this thing for five six months. Now that's the most exciting part Mm -hmm. was speculating about what could have happened. Right, thinking about yeah, eighteen men in a in a house together. Partially clothed. <laughs> what the hell? Drinking all day. Yeah. Could lead us to some on some dark and uh, mysterious path. But apparently not ideal with a pandemic going on to have people flying in from all over the country and then staying in a house together. Yeah. Probably not. But what What are you going to do? But, well, yeah, exactly. Things are, you know, those things are out of our control. You know, some things that people can control, Adam, in terms of nothing has really impacted them yet is the NFL in terms of season starting and or league year starting and free agent moves and, and trades and, and all this other stuff is, is, is happening unabated. 
I know they said they were going to still televise the draft, but not have it in a traditional sense, but who gives a shit, it'll still happen. But, you know, tons of free agent moves, trades, you know, thank God for the NFL actually, you know, carrying on. And I don't think it's insensitive or anything like that for them to, to start their season because it offers us a distraction, especially sports fans, to say, okay, we can, we can you know, invest ourselves in this a little bit, and, and, and it's a nice shield from the, the, the harsh realities. Yeah, I, I don't understand people that got upset about the NFL continuing on with their free agency period. Like, it's not like they're doing everything like this. It's on the phone, teleconferencing, email something over, a contract, um, an agent and a player in a room together. Like, it's not – it's a very different thing than the NBA having to cancel their season. Like – that, that, that seemed kind of crazy to me. And, and exactly, we need a distraction, and that's exactly what free agency was, and it's been wild so far. Yeah. I mean, a lot of moves have happened, even, you know, happened today that I was not anticipating at all, particularly when it comes to the Falcons. The Falcons have been one of the busiest teams, I would say, in terms of reshaping their roster, be it cuts of, of longtime Falcons like Desmond Trufant and Devontae Freeman, to bringing in, uh, you know, high-profile guy in Dante Fowler Jr., uh, bringing back Brian Hill. Uh, you know, everywhere you look, it seems like something's happening either to the Falcons or around the Falcons. You know, the NFC South has radically changed. Tom Brady is going to the Buccaneers. Whoever thought that would happen? Um, you know, if you were in a coma for three years and you wake up and Tom Brady's a, a, a Tampa Bay Buck, like, what the hell? Teddy Bridgewater's going to the Carolina Panthers to be their quarterback. Um, yeah, I was I was surprised. So, I don't know where you want to be. Yeah, there, a lot of um, – well, just to touch on the last two things you said. Um, yeah, Tom Brady with the Bucks was very surprising to me. Like, who wants to go to Tampa Bay? Like, Well, I don't think it's – I don't think it's that. I think it's more he looked at that offense despite them – you know, allowing Jameis Winston being sacked 47 times. I mean, you look at their skill position players, particularly at receiver, with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, two 1,000-yard-plus receiving guys who are capable of also catching, you know, double-digit touchdowns every year. I mean, it that was the best possible place for him to go, I think, in terms of the personnel that surrounds him, in terms of weapons, because he had no weapons at all last year in New England from a receiving standpoint especially. So you think... And he's got O.J. Howard at tight end. Uh, so, so you think he actually made a football decision as opposed to just a lifestyle decision? Oh, definitely. And I think, you know, for him too, even though Tampa Bay, you know, to me, I don't really enjoy that city very much, but it's a hell of a lot warmer than New England in the winter and the fall. Yeah, warmer, but he's got like a, this supermodel wife. Giselle, I don't see her loving hanging around and – Tampa Bay, like L.A. just made so much sense. Las Vegas made so much sense. Um, but those rosters, you look at those rosters compared to, you know, what Tampa Bay has working, and particularly, you know, their front seven is evolving as well. Their secondary is trash, but, you know, they have a young up-and-coming front seven. So, I mean, I think for him it was totally a football move. I think 95%, probably 100% of it was, was based on football. I think he would go – to play on the Buccaneers if they played on fucking well, Mars. With, with well, are you Mars. more concerned as a Falcons fan? Are you more concerned about Tampa Bay with a 62-year-old Tom Brady as their quarterback 
or Tampa Bay with Jameis Winston as their quarterback if he figures out the whole interception thing? If he figures out the whole interception thing, I would be more worried about Jameis, but that's not a possibility. So, I mean, I think I'm very concerned about Tom Brady going to the NFC South. Um, even though he, like we mentioned, he had a down year last year, but I think a lot of that, some of that is probably due to age, but I think a lot of it was due to a lack of weapons. There, he does not lack for weapons here. This is going to be a top-flight offense. And you think about it, too. I mean, Jameis Winston led the league in passing yardage last year. I'm not saying Tom Brady's going to do that. But, you know, if he can even come within a hair of how many, you know, how prolific that offense was, and he'll minimize the turnovers. I mean, this is going to be a scary, scary team, I think. This is this is actually the first time I will be afraid of Tampa Bay in maybe 15 years. I'm just not concerned. Did you watch Tom Brady play last year? I did. I just don't think he's that good anymore. But what would we just say about the wet? Like, he had nothing. He had nothing. Can you name any of the receivers he had other than Muhammad? <laughs> uh, yes, I can. <laughs> not not at this moment. Um, oh, Julian exactly. Edelman, of course. All right, Julian Edelman, who's also getting older. Yeah, that's about it. Um, Nikhil Harry, some rookie guy who didn't do anything. Yeah, what's his face uh, from Georgia retiring? That hurt. It, yeah, you had Antonio Brown for a game. Who knows? It could have been a hell of a lot different if Antonio Brown had stayed true. in New England. But. NFC Fo- South football is going to be much watch, uh, must watch TV. I'll tell you that much. I mean, yeah, you think about it, you got, and, and Drew Brees is back on a two year, $50 million deal. So now, I mean, quarterback play in the NFC South, I mean, it's taken a significant step up, you know, with Brady coming. Yeah. In. And I think even Bridgewater going to Carolina is a hell of a lot better than Cam, at least with the way Cam is right now. Definitely better so, than Kyle Allen, which is who we yes. saw last year. So for sure. But uh, to get to the actual Falcons moves, anyways, what do you think about what your boy TD has done, Graham, over the last five days? So I have mixed feelings about what Thomas has done. I think in terms of the guys he's cut, I think everything he's done there has been really good. Um, you know, cutting Devontae Freeman, we saved three and a half million dollars. He's cut Luke Stalker, that saves two point six million. Ty Sambrello being cut saves three point seven. Trufant being cut is the biggest uh, spike of all in terms of, of helping cap savings because he's going to be a post-June 1st cut, which means that we will, uh, we will get 2 point, I mean, not 2 point, excuse me, $10.75 million. Um, yeah, so I think he's been, I think every guy that's cut, that he has cut um, or not, Resigned has been the right decision too. Same thing with with guys like Wes Schweitzer, who is going to the Redskins, I think, on a three year deal. You know, fine with me. Yeah. You know, Hooper got signed so, by the Browns. Um, Trufant yeah. just got picked up by the Lions. Yeah, Trufant was picked up by the Lions tonight. Hooper going to the Browns. I mean, we knew he was gone after Thomas said he's going to let him, you know, go to the market the free agent market and you know a lot of prognosticators out there said that Hooper would set the the market value for tight ends at 11 million dollars a year and that's exactly what happened a four-year 44 million dollar deal so you know he's certainly well taken care of and and 
joining a, you know, got a lot of good skill position players around him as well. But you know what? I think it was more important. I mean, look at the money that was being paid to Dante Fowler Jr., who we signed tonight, and paying him $16 million a year. Three years, $48 million. Will, will you so, explain to users such as Hugo who Dante Fowler Jr. is, Graham? Sure. He was drafted by the Jaguars, uh, then went to the Rams in the middle of the 2018 season. He's been... Um, He's been a little hit or miss in his career. He had, I think, two years where he had four sacks, and then one year with eight sacks, and another year with four sacks, and then last year with the Rams, he had 11. It was his breakout season. So you have to wonder about his consistency because this is going to be his fifth or sixth year in the, in the league at this point. But I would like to point out that Dante Fowler Jr. knows how to perform a spin move, which he, which he did – in route to pressuring Drew Brees in that NFC Championship game where the Rams beat the Saints in that horrible pass interference play. But in overtime, he was the guy that hit Brees that caused him to throw that lame duck pass that got picked off that eventually set up the win. And he performed a spin move on the guy to get to Brees, which we haven't seen anyone do that around these parts since Dwight Freeney. And if you want to go further back in terms of a full-time player, John Abraham. So I, I really do like that. And he's only 25 years old. Not a finished product at all. I mean, he, the um, guy was a number three overall pick. Ran. He, I mean, he was right. injured his first year, ran into some personal issues, it sounds like, just being a young, dumbass kid. Um, so hopefully he's on the up and up. I mean, it's, I, mean, I think yeah. bottom line, well, I guess we haven't figured, discussed trading for Hayden Hurst as well, but we had two big needs, tight end and D-end, and we've addressed all of those before the draft has even started. Yeah, and I think that this move, too, the good news about it is it's not long-term, and I don't know how much of it is guaranteed, so it could just be like a two-year deal with a third-year option. So it's not like, you know, the Tyson-Jackson deal was like five years for however many millions of dollars or these these stupid deals for, uh, you know, Jamon Brown and Carpenter, which I think were four-year deals you know, where you're locked into these guys for a while who are underperformers. I mean, the, I mean, at, at the very least, you can say that last year, you know, Fowler had 11 and a half sacks and 35 quarterback pressures. And he had another year we had eight sacks. What's the weight difference on Beasley and Fowler? Do you know? Vic Beasley is 246 pounds, Fowler's 255. So, they're, so he's got nine They're in the same him. ballpark, though. Um yeah, but I mean, you got to think it's a big upgrade. Um, I I would think it's it is. I don't know if it's a big upgrade because we have to see how you know once he comes to Atlanta if he's true to Atlanta or not, and we hope he's not, and he plays like he is still on the Rams. Because um, we've had so many guys we brought in here in the defensive end that we thought, okay, this can be a difference maker, and you know, remind me of the last difference maker we had that we brought in uh, that wasn't a draft pick. I don't know. Um, I can't think of one except for, I mean, Dwight Freeney was, was, was good, but he wasn't, you know, outstanding. He was more of a, a mentor guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't think of one. You know, that, uh, that loser from the uh, Vikings that we, that we got during the, I think, 2010 season, who everyone hated, who we mentioned a while ago, whose name escapes me right now, but, you know, he was awful. And everyone else Thomas has brought in has been either mediocre or bad. So you hope that the curse doesn't befall him 
but especially you know Vic is 27. He's going to be 28 when the when the new season starts, whenever the hell that is, if it starts this year. And so, good news is that Fowler is young. He's coming off an outstanding season. And you're not locked into him for the rest of your life. But 60 million a year is is a steep price to pay. But when you get 11 and a half sacks, you know you got to give up something to get a guy of that caliber. So I mean. The- the D line. I mean, with Fowler in there, the D line it's starting to look a lot more respectable. You got Fowler, and hopefully right. a tack, a healthy tack that can figure his shit out next to the All Pro and Grady Jarrett, and uh, we also re-sign Tyler Davidson, the other D tackle who had a yes. sneaky great year for us last year and was a very he was a very yeah, was very, very good signing, and I think we locked him in for three years now. So. Yeah. You got you, you got your base on the line now, so we we can we don't mm-hmm. we don't need to go D end with thank God with our first overall pick this year. Well, it makes you think where Thomas uh, will go. You, you know, we're we're not going to go tight end because we got Hayden Hurst. We will talk about him uh, shortly, but I have to think that he's looking at linebacker. There hasn't really been a, a linebacker any, any sort of linebacking moves made. There was a uh, rumor before Corona Hysteria that maybe we were going to try to bring back Devondre Campbell, but I think with all these signings that have occurred, even though we've cut some guys, I don't think you're going to be able to bring back Devondre Campbell after you got Fowler, and I think that's okay because defensive end, I think, was more of a position of need than linebacker, and I think Fowler has an opportunity to be more of a difference maker than Devondre based off his, you know, really his last season. So that's where I really think Thomas is looking is is for it's for a linebacker right now, and we'll see how the draft shakes out. But I wouldn't be surprised. You know, we have to pick a uh, uh, we have we have to get a linebacker, and everyone's saying that we're going to get a, a running back, and I'm starting to believe them now with all this hype around. Even though we also are bringing back Brian Hill, unless he gets taken by another team, we offered him this weird thing that I never heard of, which I guess is kind of like an offer sheet equivalent, which is what they do in the NBA. We, we tendered Brian Hill at an original round level, whatever that means. But we what that means is that we basically gave him a, a, a $2 million deal, and if another team is able to get him, we get their fifth rounder. Huh. So. Well, I hope he comes back. I think it's really yeah. great. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I really think he's got a chance, man. I know everybody's overlooking him, but whenever he got the ball last year, and those chances were few and far between, he was shot out of a damn cannon. Yeah, he was like a 4.5 um, yards yeah. per carry type of guy. Um, so, yeah, I think... Yeah, and limited action, too. Like, you know, 323 yards, 78 carries is pretty pretty damn good. 69 receiving yards and 10, 10, uh, 10 catches. So we know he was, you know, averaging a little over six yards a catch, too. And you'd have to think especially with Eo Smith still recovering um, from those concussions and other injury problems he had. And Kadri Allison hasn't proven anything outside of being a, you know, a decent short yardage back. Brian Hill's your guy until you draft somebody, and I still don't think you should if you got Brian Hill. Um, two questions. One, you think your boy um, Devontae actually gets picked up by anybody, and if he does, does he, do you see him have any success in another system? I don't. Like, I see, like, Vic Beasley – that guy is going to blow up with the Titans this year. We we all know that's coming. 
It's going to piss us off. It's, it's scary. To, it's going to really, yeah, it's going to be very upsetting. But I, I think Devontae with the, the four concussions, I don't know, man. Like, he might be done. I think he's done. I don't think he can stay healthy through a full season. The burst isn't there. I mean, if you if you compare it, if you looked at Devontae Freeman compared to um, compared to Brian Hill last year when they ran, and everyone talked about how shitty our offensive line was in all aspects last year, and yeah, it was. But when Brian Hill got the ball, man, he was getting he was getting yards. Devontae was just sort of trying to do his old Devontae cutting and uh, power running. And yeah, it wasn't they happening. were they were different animals. So, um. I, I'm, I, yeah, it's like, you know, Devontae gets the ball, he gets a yard. Brian Hill gets the ball, he gets eight yards. Yeah. And, you, you know, Devontae, I mean, he he did a lot for us, like 15 and 16. The guy was an absolute monster. But give, giving oh, yeah. him that deal was just such a big mistake. And I, I'm glad we finally cut ties. We can finally move on. Uh, we've already filled a massive need with some of that money. So let's... It's good to see some new faces coming in versus just re-signing everybody, you know? Yeah, and I think it had to be done. And I would also agree with you that, you know, Devontae deserves a lot of acknowledgement, praise, adulation in terms of what he – adulation sounded good. Devontae – yeah. You know, Devontae to me deserves a lot of adoration for what he did during his tenure – uh, here, I mean, those those years were outstanding. He was a huge reason we got to the Super Bowl. You know, you remember back when Tevin Coleman was drafted that he was going to supplant. He was supposed to supplant Devontae, and Tevin got hurt. I think this was in Devontae's second year. And then once Tevin got hurt, Devontae was off the races and became the lead back. And that's when he broke out and, and, and it began that you know two or three years of, of excellence in terms of being able to be one of the better running backs in the league and, and give us a balanced offense, which is something that we know, you know, we're, we're still in search for right now. And we've been missing since Devontae hasn't been healthy. So I wish him the best. And, you know, he's a great Falcon, but you're exactly right. It was time. It was more than time to cut bait. The deal was a mistake, but, you know, whatever. It's in, it's in the past now. And I, you know, wish the best for Devontae. Uh, I'm sure someone's going to pick him up, but, you know, and I don't think he, he will perform, but I hope he proves me wrong. Uh, the other thing I was going to mention with um, what you had talked about before that, uh, talking about the draft, where you think we're going to go linebacker. We're pretty weak at cornerback now as well. I think cornerback is also another another area we'll be attacking for sure. Because even though you know Sheffield and Oliver performed well down the stretch last year, that's a young secondary at corner. You know, your safeties are pretty experienced. And, and Neil, Cardo Allen, DeMonte Casey. Um, but those those corners are, are very, very young. And I don't know if it's another thing where we try to bring in a more veteran cornerback. I'm not sure that exactly is out there. Or if you – I don't know if how much more money we have to spend on anybody at this point, especially with the Fowler signing. But I wouldn't be surprised if we did try to pick up Another cornerback, a veteran cornerback, and also draft a cornerback. Draft, draft a young guy. So you're okay going running back now? Like with that second-round pick is what I've been hearing. I'd rather not do in the second round, especially if we can keep Hill. But because we don't know if that's going to happen or not. Like if Hill's gone, you have to draft a running back, 100%. If Hill stays, 
even though it's only on a one-year deal, I would rather not draft a running back unless you see somebody that you really blows your skirt up. But I still think, you know, to me, if, as long as Brian Hill is under tenure or under, you know, under contract, the larger holes, larger hole is, is linebacker and, and cornerback and, to a degree, the offensive line. still think we need one more piece there. So I'd rather be drafting those positions than worrying about running back unless there's just the perfect guy out there. Um, speaking of the offensive line, I, uh, I used the Twitter today, Graham. And I retweeted uh, your boy Vaughn McClure. And I oh, loved yeah. hearing this. He, he said one thing Austin Hooper told him on his way out is that Hooper thinks Chris Lindstrom is going to be the best offensive lineman in the NFL eventually. That's big praise. That's something. I would love to see that. So, I mean, him and McGarry, like, I think there's going to be big development from year one to year two. Um, but we, we certainly need a replacement with Schweitzer being gone now. And um, I don't know who that is. Like, you're not going to get a guy in the third round and have him jump in and be a starter. So, no. I would imagine we get another veteran guy, maybe off the scrap heap during training camp, like we did with you know Andy Levitre, who was our one of our guards going back a while now. But you know he was a guy that was cut from Tennessee. We picked up who was a valuable contrib- uh, contributor, wasn't outstanding or anything, but he was solid. You know when he was healthy. So I, I, I can see the Falcons doing something like yeah. that. I don't think we're going to draft again in the and you know a lot of people are very apprehensive about drafting anyone on the offensive line in the draft at a high position, which was why it was so surprising that we drafted two guys in the first round last year. But you're hoping those picks really start to pay off this year, that both those guys can be healthy when they start off the season. Not so much. Um, but I don't see that happening again. I, I think we go the, the, the training camp route, find someone who's solid, who gets cut, bring them in. Yep. Let's talk about Hayden Hurst, though, which is – I would argue the probably the biggest move in terms of just sheer action, right? Because it was a trade. And Hayden Hurst comes to us from the Baltimore Ravens. So as users know, I watch every Ravens game as well as Falcons game. You're an expert. And I would say I'm more of a Ravens expert than, than most people who probably live in Atlanta. Um, let's talk about first, let's just talk about Hurst, and then we'll talk about the actual move. That, that it took to, to get him here. So Hayden Hurst was drafted in the first round in 2018. Um, and he was, you know, very rare you see a, a tight end draft in the first round. But, you know, Joe Flacco was quarterback then, and he had a, a you know, it was he was always a, a quarterback that had a great, uh, great rapport with his tight ends. So they were thinking, okay, this is a guy that can get Flacco going again. Hurst is a, d- Hurst is a damn Hurst. game cock. I will say that much. That's, that's what he's got going against him. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's anti Clemson. Um, but he had, he had a stress fac- fracture in his foot and, um, they had drafted another tight end in that year in the third round, Mark Andrews, who now has emerged as one of the best tight ends in the league. Um, so the Ravens really had no place for him at this point. But so what that what 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 it turned out being was that Andrews became the first first string tight end, and Hurst was the second or third string tight end. You know, last year was his first full season play in all sixteen games. Only had thirty catches, three hundred forty nine yards, and two touchdowns. Had a really good 
he has really good hands though. He had like a, um, I think a seven. I think he only dropped like two passes over the two years, and I know that's not a lot because he only had forty three receptions in his entire Ravens career. But solid run blocker, has great athleticism. I'd say, especially for a tight end, he's 6'4", 245 pounds, fits the profile of a tight end really well. And I think that, you know, with a quarterback like Matt Ryan, he will thrive in this system if, you know, everything goes according to plan. He's also a solid run blocker. And he had to compete for a lot of playing time. You know, you had Nick Boyle, who's the other tight end for the Ravens, who would occasionally get passes but more was more of a run blocking tight end. I mean, he was kind of like the third option almost. And with, because the Ravens ran so much last year, he didn't really get a chance to even do anything. And when the pass, when, when, when Lamar was passing, he was mostly going to Mark Andrews. So I think now Hurst coming to a new system with a more traditional quarterback. And because we're going to throw the ball a lot, I think again, even if Brian Hill does have a breakout season, we're still going to throw it a lot. He's going to have an opportunity to really perform well here. I think the only issue I have with with making a move like this because of what we gave up for him is that he's never performed when he did have the chance and part of that was because he was injured but when you know he came back he never he never took that that leap to be to be the guy so it makes you wonder if he can but in the limited action I've seen him in when he actually does have a chance to get the ball in his hands he's pretty damn effective he'll catch the ball for you he's not going to mess up I mean I think he could be on Hooper's level if not better if um, you know, and you think about where Austin Hooper came from, where people vilified him for dropping passes to becoming, you know, Pro Bowl tight end and being as reliable as they came last year. It's just I don't necessarily agree with what we gave up to 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 get him, though. That's the problem I have. Well, John, your boy John Kincaid put it great the other day. Like we are giving up a second round pick, but also keep in mind this is the second round pick that we got for the Muhammad Snoo trade, which was the biggest steal of a trade in NFL history. Like the, the fact that the Patriots gave up a second round pick for Muhammad Sanu is just crazy still. Um, right. So if I had told you that we were going to get, we were going to replace Hooper with a guy who blocks better and has the potential to be just as good, if not better than Hooper, versus draft using that second round pick to like draft a rookie. I mean, you'd be ecstatic, I think. So right, but I think that's kind of boxing it in. It's like who says that we have to spend a second round pick on a tight end. So right, and based where the mar- base where the market right, went with um with Hopkins getting traded for basically the same package that we got Hayden Hurst for the next day. The but I think problem. that's more of how could you not get a first round pick? Yeah, I mean, I think time? that's just what's his face in Houston being a complete dumbass. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, I agree. Would you rather get a trade a third round pick? Of course. But um, you know, it was one of our major needs. We've replaced it. Guy seems like he has potential to be great. I'm pretty happy with it. Let's talk about what we actually gave up here. So it was a second round pick that we sent. And it goes, you know, we're giving up a second rounder and a fifth rounder. We get Hayden Hurst and a fourth rounder. So at least we're getting a draft pick back. And it's not a shit draft pick. So it's really just um, a second round pick. You just wonder what we could Just a second round pick for Hayden Hurst. Sorry, go ahead. The fourth and fifth swap really don't matter. It's just a lot to give up for a guy that's never, not a lot, but I'm just saying like a second rounder is still a lot to give up for a guy that's never really 
shown that he can be a full-time tight end in the NFL, and that's what you're Would expecting. you trade Mohamed Sanu for Hayden Hurst? Yeah. Well, congr- okay. Yeah. Well, maybe, I don't know. That's tough. Given our current team and our pieces that we have and are lacking in. Yeah, I mean, it's an expendable draft pick, and you, you needed you needed someone for tight end. If you don't like anyone in the draft, then I could, you know there are worse people you go out and get. You just hope that this doesn't backfire. And Hurst is not a spring chicken at all. He's 27 years old. He was a baseball player. Uh, minor league player, I believe, and so it, he's not. You know, it's not like we're getting a twenty, you know, twenty three, twenty four year old who's about to. You know, he's starting to get towards the wrong side of twenty. So I mean, I think we'll know whether or not he's going to be legitimate or not this year. I don't think there's a lot of room to grow like there was with Hooper. It's sort of like Hayden's got to come in here and just perform now. And I mean, I, I would be shocked if you know. Hopefully, he's hopefully. He's I would be shocked it. if he's not a top ten tight end. With Matt Ryan throwing to him, I think he's instantly going to be a top 10 tight end. And Matt loves his yeah. tight ends. Like I said, we could have plugged in. Man. We've seen oh. absolute losers plugged into the tight end spot, and they'll get touchdowns. Like I think we, I would have been okay with Jaden Graham as our number one tight end for a little bit today, this year. So, I mean, I, just, I, th- I think this is going to look really nice for us. And I always come back to the best trade in Falcons history, bringing in Michael Turner. Same sort of deal. The guy couldn't get number one playing time. Comes to Atlanta and instantly pops. And I, th- I think that's what we're going to get here. Granted. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about him. That's saying a lot for you, Graham. For sure. That That's no, an I mean, endorsement. I, just think, I think the talent is, yeah, the, the, the talent is, is there. It's just can he, can he really uh, succeed in a, you know, as the number one, as the number one tight end, that, that's the only like he's a solid player and he has potential to be great. It's just he's been he's giving he, the opportunity's been delivered to him on a silver platter. You have to see if he'll take advantage yeah, of it. You know he's got to be ecstatic. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. And you know, there was no place for him, especially with Mark Andrews just dominating the target share and really emerging as one of the best. He's 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 like he's going to be Kelsey level, and I hope Hurst. Can uh, can get up there too. I mean, we'll see. I mean, like you know, he didn't drop a pass last year, and the only pass he did drop was in that horrible playoff game uh, against the Titans that the Ravens lost. So, so I think overall, it's been a good off season for the Falcons so far. Yeah, I'm sure they've got a couple more small moves to make before the draft. I know they need a lot of that money they saved to actually sign the draft picks, but. Um, you know, maybe TD was right when he was trying to downplay us being in, I think, salary cap hell is what everyone kept calling it. And he was pretty confident that yeah. they'd have enough money to do what they needed to do. And so far, he's right. Yeah, and we'll see how, you know, who else is able to add. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's over. I, I also don't think you should expect anyone of Fowler's level to be signed at this point either. I think that was the, the one big move in terms of high-profile guy. Not to say not to say Hayden Hurst can't be a, a big move, too, but in terms of, like, hey, there's a guy out here who's a relatively large free agent, you're not going to see that anymore. Right. Well, let's take it. Eckler's still out there, though, Graham. I still uh, am holding out hope. Some rumor that we're also going after Melvin Gordon. Oh! 
that would be could be interesting. I just don't know what he wants. I mean, that would be one of those moves if that happened. That's TD kind of being like, look, I know this is my last shot. I'm going all in. That's a that's a first round pick right there for Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I'd I'd rather I'd rather sign the damn. I don't know. I don't know, man. You already got you got your I'd tight rather, end covered now. You, you're not gonna be able to, you're not gonna be able to afford to sign your draft class if you get Melvin Gordon. Well, you you wouldn't have to pay a first round pick. That'd save you some money. Yeah, but like your draft class, you won't be able to like you gotta draft well. You gotta be able to sign. Your yeah, draft they got You you get Melvin Gordon. I don't think you'd be able to afford your draft class unless he makes some more moves. And let's think about it too. A lot of these cuts, right, come from ill-advised contracts being given out by Thomas. So even though he's able to shed them and we're able to praise him for that, some of these moves shouldn't have been made in the first. Sure. Particularly Devontae. Yeah, he's fixing a lot of his mistakes right now. But, um, I think that wraps us up, Adam, unless you have anything else. Well, there's no United. There's no Hawks. Selfishly, I could care less about the NBA season ending. Like, our team's not in it. Yeah, I'm like, just, yeah. I, I'd be, it's like put a if, if we were in playoff contention, though, that'd be, that'd be tough. But, um, you know, I don't know when we could talk again, Graham. Do we have to convert this into a? Uh, should we start reading books on Atlanta sports history and uh, dissecting books? Be a, a book a book podcast. You said book like eight times in five seconds. Maybe we'll have to see where where things go. <laughs> I think we're it's an uncertain time, unprecedented time in uh, in the last hundred years. Yep. Sure is, Graham. Sure is. Everybody. Stay safe out there. We hope this uh, will provide you some escapism from all this chaos. You know, do your social distancing. I know it sounds like bullshit, but it's important. And you can uh, you can help if you do it. Get rid of the shit so we can resume our lives. Uh, until next time, rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, remain true to Atlanta. Thanks oh, for Gra- listening. Graham, I have a couple questions. A couple questions for you. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I need to eat dinner, man. I'm starving. Uh, when will I, you think I'll see you in person before like October? Um, I don't know. I might just come like hang out outside your window. Would that be, is that enough distance for you? <laughs> yeah, it's enough. Just distance. like, we gotta, can you crack there. the window at least so we could talk or should we do the, this uh, Uber conference right there? We'll do the Uber conference outside the, uh, okay. Well, while you're while you're on the porch. I'll take what I can get. <laughs> Hospitality sip. Hospitality sip.